<laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome once again to another episode of Just Talking Sports Quarantine Edition. Hopefully, everybody is doing all right while we are still going through this pandemic. Hopefully, everybody is being safe as these cases are rising. Don't be surprised. We might have to go back to phase one once again, even though we was in it for a few months. My name is Marcus Modi, alongside my partners. As normal as as always, Patton Cook and Dave Jones. We got a lot of content content to talk about. So let's get right into it. But first off, we're gonna start off locally with Austin P. As a football team, we stated on the last podcast the football team was coming back to have their workouts and whatnot. We're come to find out there was eleven players that tested positive for the coronavirus this past week. And then the university shut down all involuntary workouts. And for those, as uh, the athletic director, Gerald Harrison, has st- stated, for those athletes to come back, they would have to have a negative test result before returning to the campus later this month. And then five days afterwards of that test, they would have to have a second test given and have to come back negative in order for them to have a workout. Now, I want to say now that as these viruses, not these viruses, but this coronavirus has been coming around and college football is trying to work its way back. I know Clemson had a pretty nice size of players get tested positive. Texas, LSU. I want to ask both of you guys, do y'all think that college football actually is going to come back? Uh, Patton, I'll let you. Um, actually, no, I'll go first. <laughs> Take me out here. No, um, I believe that it's too much money in these sports to kind of like not come back. But whenever you have uh, – well, these are actually grown adults. I was about to ha- say whenever you have kids, like if this was high school or something like that, maybe they wouldn't risk it. But these are grown adults technically. Um, I'm sure the kids would want to play. Um, I'm not sure if the schools will allow it, but I know a lot of schools are going to online play. I don't. I don't think that we actually have it. Yeah, it's um, – I'm kind of with Gabe here. Uh, I think these universities, they make too much money to kind of throw away a college football season. Even, even if they don't have fans involved, the TV contracts alone are just so 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 ludicrous that it's going to be hard to turn down. And I think we're seeing that with just about every sport right now, uh, really except um, – Maybe the uh, MLB, although there's talk there that they're going to get going here later this month. But other than that, everyone wants to get going because money-wise, it just doesn't make sense not to at least give it a go. And as we're seeing across Europe, it's it's something that can be done. But one thing that I would like to point out is uh, there was a story that came out of Tuscaloosa that some of these kids are having coronavirus parties to where they are intentionally trying to get infected. And then the first person to get infected gets a pot of money i mean first i'd like to where's my invite to this uh to this here party but uh, but it it just doesn't make sense um i mean these are college kids i mean surely they're going to some sort of classes that you don't want to get infected with any virus i don't care if it's the flu the cold or anything but it just uh when you got behavior like that it's it kind of gives you a sense that maybe this thing won't happen because there's kids not taking it as serious as they should be and if one person gets it. We all we've all been in a locker room setting. Uh, it's not the most sanitary environment, and they're all going to be close together. It's a contact sport, so we'll see. Uh, I think the money-wise aspect of it, uh, they're at least going to give it a go. I, I don't see how they uh, just all out just quit it before at least trying to have a season. It will be at least two billion dollars lost what? for the NCAA. Just. Mm-hmm. Off. Y'all just just off of fans not being there alone. Well, I yeah. wanted to say, um, I, people always say lost, just not gotten. They ain't losing money. They just not getting the money. Yeah. <laughs> or or let's say a cut thing, <laughs> a, a two two billion dollar cut, which is a lot of money, boy. Oh my god! Not for them to play. Not even to have fans. It'd be four billion dollar cut, as mm-hmm. Gabe would say, if no season was to come back. But, Patton, you brought up a great point. Just being honest, a lot of adults our age 
we don't just use a brain. It's plain and simple. <laughs> you know, this Corona parties is something that if you look it up, and I, I told a few coworkers of mine, and they were shocked off of it. Yeah, it's, this is a real deal. Like kids are out going to parties on purpose to try to catch it. Shout out Bama. <laughs> Nick Saban might need to go down there and talk to Seriously. talk some sense into him. But even though yes, there is a higher recovery rate and everything like that, it's 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 still a pandemic. We still have to be precautious. And we still don't know the long-term effects. If for if oh. a young person is to get it, who's to say that this doesn't extremely weaken your uh, your respiratory system for another uh, disease? So unfortunately, if you were to catch it, yep. exactly. And as also a great point that you had stated, Patton was the locker rooms. Yeah, that's it's a lot of kids in that one small area. And, it's not how it is with basketball. Those locker rooms are spaced out. You can have a little space in between. Those are 50, 50 to 60 kids easily bunched up it together. One person gets it, it can spread like wildfire. And that's something that any, that's a lot of losses that could be coming potentially to school. And you don't want that to happen. Nobody really wants it to happen, but they want sports to happen. So the, safety protocols it's going to be tough to just go follow with a lot of kids their their heads not going to be on straight so it will be tough well, yeah and another thing is kind of affecting uh what will be kind of me this this year uh, this semester is what are classes going to look like is campus only going to be these athletes on campus i mean Oh. That would be the, the safest way to go is just to have those kids on campus to ensure a season were to happen. But uh, for okay. myself at Austin P, they haven't – right now they're they're letting people uh, – the plan is right now have people on campus. Uh, they encourage you to stay on campus. But uh, something me and my mom were talking about the other day, if all the classes are going to be online, there's no need for me to be <laughs> – no, no need for me to pay room and board and, uh, and meals to, to, to stay – on campus when I'm just I could just do it from the the comforts and the safety of my own home uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens it's just only time will tell at this point yeah I, I will say I'm somewhat happy that I had got out before this happened because I your your shoes right now it's, it's a tough way to feel because even if you have a hybrid class where you go to class only one time out of the week if somebody catches it in a big auditorium class your your safety could be in, in jeopardy Absolutely. and then also like with Austin Peay, a lot of kids go back to their home on the weekends a lot of people like to travel out you can spread it quickly and not even know a lot of people that get tested and come out positive some of them don't have symptoms so that those safety protocols can be in jeopardy if you have these kids students coming in and also athletes as well honestly oh i'm sorry go ahead i was gonna say we we all us three all know that the university center was always packed as kids <laughs> trying to get those meals right. you know, chick-fil-a is a must i mean come on chick-fil-a papa john that those was the go-to's how how will the things change with this pandemic knowing that you have to try to be six feet apart when certain university centers don't have that distance, it, it's pretty a small area. Honestly, I think that um, like the NBA, if they are going to do it, then they will have to like sign off and just assume the risk. And whoever tests positive for the virus, then they will be placed somewhere else for a couple weeks, unfortunately. But um, yeah. If they are going to play, then they just have to assume the risk. And that's yeah, and, and I don't think at this point it's going to be uh, maybe a player catches it. Uh, players are going to catch it throughout the season. Uh, we're, we're seeing that right now in Europe. Players are catching it. They're doing the best to stay away from each other uh, in, in training and then also in games, although you can only do so much. But players are going to catch it. Uh, we're going to see positive results, as we're seeing right now in the NBA. And we'll, 
uh, talk about that uh, in, in a week or two on how the bubble's going. But I'm interested to see how well that bubble is going to hold up, and it could be a real test to what maybe college football or college basketball could do uh, later on in, in the year. Indeed. NBA will be the precedent, I think, just like they were precedent for everything shutting down. True. True. Uh, one, one person that will not actually be returning to the Austin Peay football program is former head coach Mark Hudspeth. After an unexpected resignation of his duties this past Friday, Hudspeth was only there for one year, but the team went 11-4, won an OVC, went to their first ever FCS playoff first, and then secured two wins on, along the way. I, it, it was uh, out of nowhere resignation. It wasn't really just a fire because he just said that I was I'm coming out and just leaving the program. But also he just has to pick up where the slack was and try to repeat for an OBC title. Yeah, uh, I would. I had a friend of mine, I Isabella. She texted me asking. Uh, what what happened to HUD? I was like, uh, HUD's coaching right now, I'm guessing. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I w haven't been on Twitter in probably 30 minutes or an hour or something like that. And I go on there and, uh, well, all, all hell's broke loose in, in Austin P Twitter. And um, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, I didn't think whenever Coach Ely left uh, two seasons ago that there's just no way we can fill this guy's shoes. I mean, we really found a diamond in the rough. And to be fair, Coach Hutspeth did even better than Coach Ely. He recruited better than Coach Ely. And he, uh, the players he had, I mean, uh, case in point, Javon Craig, he made him, turned him into one of the best quarterbacks in the OVC. And although this, this new uh, interim head coach, the, the old D-line coach now will be the interim uh Austin Peay's in a tough position because they're only a month away, really, until classes start back up again. So you really can't hire a, a new head coach. You're going to have to hire someone internally. They've hired the best person they see fit. So now it's just kind of a hope that the players you've got can kind of carry you through this season. And uh, whatever mistakes are made, hopefully the players can recover from. Indeed. It was uh, super weird for Hudspeth to just up and quit like that. Did he not get a new contract? Yes, he did. He did get a contract. Indeed. Uh, a little fishy, but it's weird. I mean, he was only here for a year. Matter of fact, Hudspeth is so new. If you look up APSU football coach on Google, you see Will Healy. I don't know <laughs> if the camera can see that, but, yeah, it's Will Healy. <laughs> so, yeah, dang. That was that was a quick tenure for senior it was, it was a short tenure for sure. But uh, the interim head coach, Marquise Loving, is the new interim head coach for right now. He was a D-line coach and associate head coach last season. But he did help out their defensive line. And also, the governors arguably had the best defense in the OVC, first in multiple categories. And also, he helped out uh, one of those guys right up the middle by the name of Josephus Smith to have one of the best seasons Austin P ever had as a defensive lineman. First team all OVC as well. And also, he's preseason all over. We've seen uh, FC, preseason all FCS play. You have to watch out for as well. So, one thing I do want to point out, though, as well, is that Coach Hutchfield is the only one that's leaving. So that's a little bit easier for Coach yeah. Lovings to come in because he doesn't have to worry about who is wide receiver coach is, who is tight end coach. Everybody's still going to be there in place. It's just the one head man moving up, and somebody's moving up. So it might be a little bit easier, but as the governors, they're still favorites to repeat. It's going to be a tough battle with a new head coach once again in back-to-back -back years. And uh, two things for me. One, I don't think the identity for this team is going to change one bit. Uh, last year was kind of more of a, if you can get the defensive side of the ball and kind of let the offense do what they do best. But I think this is going to be a defensive style team force turnovers, and then on the other end, run the ball until you can't run it anymore. And the, the second one is, um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, as Marcus just noticed uh, or mentioned, no other uh, assistant head coaches are leaving. To me, this leaves the door open to maybe HUD coming back uh, maybe next year or the year after that, because one thing HUD did say was that he did want to return to coaching. He isn't retiring by any means. He's still very young. So 
I'm still holding out hope that maybe he would uh, come back because his, most of his staff will still be intact after this upcoming season. I, I don't have any uh, – no one told me that. No one told this college kid that, that's for sure. But that's just a, a guess on my end. There is, uh, I think, a, um, a chance that he could possibly come back and maybe work that match again for a second year. I'm not sure if he comes back, he'll get the head coaching job. You just can't just snatch that away from somebody. Wait, it depends how we do that. Good point. It depends how we do this season. If he has the interim head coach uh, wins it, I mean, you can't take it away from him, surely. Absolutely. But it is awesome that um, the other coaches haven't left, so they keep that uh, continuity with the team. And also that chemistry. The chemistry Mm -hmm. doesn't get fully broken just because everybody leaves. Because typically when a head coach leaves, He's going to swipe three or swipe four. Everybody. <laughs> He's going to swipe at least three to four coaches along with him as he goes yep. on to his new team. But one thing that uh, athletic director Mr. Harrison said was that they thought about going out and getting somebody right now. They could have, but they thought keeping it internal just to see how this team is going to be. And then next year, if things go well, they'll keep Coach Loving's. If not, they might go a different path, folks. But hopefully everything goes in the right way for the governors at Austin P. I know, Patton, you don't want to see a pretty bad season, how how, how luscious it's been for you. We had to be honest, I've, I've, I've never seen a bad season, and I don't want to start now, that's for sure. I mean, I'd love to keep this kind of train of truck, and I don't know how you guys did it. I come in and we're winning. What's so hard about winning out here? But uh, Yeah, well, but, my – our freshman year, me and Gabe, it wasn't it wasn't oh. the best. It wasn't the best <laughs> as it was a winless year. But everything has been moving in the right path for the governors, and hopefully, it don't backtrack after a sudden resignation of Coach Hudspeth. Well, let's say former Coach Mark Hudspeth. But let's go ahead and move forward and talk about the NFL because I know Gabe he's over there cheating really hard right now because we're gonna go ahead and start. Because that's a sign that we had talked about for quite some time. Everybody was looking into it. But Cam Newton is officially now a New England Patriot. He officially signed it on today. He's going to get a guaranteed 550K with about a 1.1 million salary base. Gabe, yeah, go ahead. And you, can, you can take the floor here because I know you're smiling from ear to ear. The rich get richer, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know how much richer you can get than Tom Brady, the GOAT. We still we still out here for Tom, but um You're not poverty just yet, that's for sure. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So going into the off season, um, nobody picks up Cam Newton. We have Jarrett Stidham as our uh sitting quarterback to replace Tom Brady. He was pretty good in high school. He was fairly good. Um my thing with Cam, he was injury prone pretty much. And also, he may bring drama, you know, and we don't really like drama. So I was like, Bill Belichick doesn't really want to pay a guy, especially someone of his caliber. He was a league MVP for, yeah, he was a league MVP a few years ago. Um, So we would want to pay top dollar for a guy that could bring those issues. We fixed it. (laughs) We're not paying him top dollar, as Marcus just said, Mm -hmm. a 500 in 50k pretty much signing bonus and your contract being at the most with incentives like seven million we literally got a steal which is bad for cam because he doesn't get paid what i believe that he would deserve Mm -hmm. but i mean i guess it's a tryout which is weird to say for an mvp but i'm happy we got him take it away pat (laughs) yeah um I was really happy this happened. I, I mentioned it a few podcasts ago. I thought this would be a really fun dynamic to have uh, the ever so flashy and uh, best dressed Cam Newton and then the, the cutoff sweatshirts himself, Bill Belichick. But uh, I'm personally happy about it, although uh, it could end up hurting my team, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Big up Kevin Byard. Um, but one thing I will say, I don't think uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots had any preference on who they ended up getting. I think they were always going to give uh, that third man out, whether that was Jameis or Teddy Bridgewater or uh, Marcus Mariota or end up being Cam Newton. 
that kind of minimum deal. I, I think they were really interested in getting a quarterback at the minimum deal to whoever that ended up being. I think Bill trusts himself and into um, kind of evolving an offense around a guy and getting the best out of him. And to be fair, he's done exactly that with Tom Brady, uh, a guy who wasn't heavily uh, rated coming in, as we all know. So uh, I don't think Bill really cared who he, who he ended up getting, but I think it was vital not to just have Jared Stenham as the starter going into week one. Um, so really a, a fun move, and it's a, it's a fun NFL move that uh, will be talked about. For It gives us something to talk about, that's for sure. I can't Absolutely. wait. I can't wait for Cam Newton to come out with his fur coat because it's snowing yes. outside. <laughs> Looks like he's coming straight from a uh, grizzly bear. We're going to get him uh, – we're going to get him an Ugg boot contract. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ugg one of those contract. buffalo – one of those buffalo jackets. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A, a fresh buffalo out of the – Just know he coming clean when he steps in in Massachusetts. <laughs> But one thing I will say uh, that hurts the Patriots is that they didn't draft any receivers this year. So you're going to have the same receiving yeah. core from last year. And if they have the same problems where they can't get separation, that's not going to be in Cam's favor. Uh, it's been a lot of times these past few years where accuracy hasn't been always the best, like someone on his back foot. So if he can't, if the receivers can't get that separation, and he's throwing, sometimes he's been throwing ducks. But it could be due to the injuries. I will say it could be the injuries. He's had a lot of time to take off. It looks like in these workouts, it looks like he's pretty healthy right now. But if the accuracy is there, and his receiver can get separation, they can still be at the top of the AFC. If that, because the ceiling, the ceiling is still pretty high. Now, the, the floor is really the question because you still have a really good defense. The, everybody, all the pieces that yep. really came back from the Patriots' defense. I, almost saw, I like Ninkovich. Ninkovich, he, we lost Ninkovich. I'm sad about that. That's one of my guys. And really, if you look at that Titans playoff game, I, I don't think the Titans scored more than 20 points. And I think Cam can score more than 20 points to me. So he doesn't have to do a lot to re really have a, a team win. And in Carolina, he had to do a lot. And that's kind of where he got himself in trouble trying to force stuff. So um, I think it could be a match made in heaven, could be a disaster. But then again, that's most moves uh, really in, in, the, in the NFL. Just as uh, Marcus said, the receiver issue, if we don't ha get some receivers to – I mean – if we don't have our receivers make plays, of course, there's nothing really any quarterback can do. Mm -hmm. But have not given up on my team's receivers, man. So we'll see what happens with it. Good luck to Cam. Let's go, Pats. I hope I want to see an increase in Mohamed's new production this upcoming man. year because you, you trade a second round. Yanked us. Yanked <laughs> 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 okay. from us. I, I want to see more production. I think. That workout that they did this uh, was that last week I think so. Uh, Cam had did with Muhammad Sanu. Hopefully that connection be going throughout this year. Indeed. Now, yeah. one oh also we got to talk about this one right here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Speaking of the rich getting richer. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes signed a ten year. $466 million deal and go up to $503 million. That is the highest paid contract in sports history. Gabe's just shaking his head. I'm, I mean, that's... I can't say words speechless. <laughs> that, that, it, those brain trucks is coming for Patrick Mahomes into Kansas City. Might gonna have a couple of them. Because... <laughs> Uh, one one ain't gonna do enough. I tell you that. <laughs> it will. I will say, it, it is an extension. So he still has two years left on his deal. This upcoming year, he's gonna make like two million dollars, and the next year, it's gonna be twenty four. But after that, he's gonna be forty plus from here on out. I will say, I'm happy for Patrick Mahomes, but sad at the same time because I have to deal with this guy for over a decade now. Being a Raiders fan. Twice. <laughs> Twice a year, Marcus. Woohoo. Yeah. And 
He's just now understanding reading defenses, pre-snap defenses. That's not good. He already threw for 50 touchdowns. He's the only person ever to have an MVP in the Super Bowl MVP before turning 25. It's not looking good. But hopefully we're not going to bring demise to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll say that. I will say that. Well, KC got the rest of the league like, help. (laughs) <laughs> with the contract, man. Pat Mahomes, I was talking to one of my uh, friends and I was explaining to her the contract and I, I was going to say $50 million isn't a lot and I coughed in, in like $50 million a year. And she said five, $500 million. I was like, oh, that's only $50 million a year. And I coughed in the middle of my sentence. I couldn't, my vocal cords wouldn't even allow me to just say that fluently. So shout out to Pat Mahomes. Happy for him, but uh, we'll see how that affects the rest of the um, the rest of the team because mm-hmm. guys will want to get paid. And uh, what do you look like just taking a pay cut whenever this guy over here is getting fifty million dollars a year? Granted, that is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's that's the real question, and I think that's really the only downside because I don't think there's any question in ten years Patrick Mahomes is still going to be the best quarterback uh, in the league because just the, the more you get older, the better you're going to get at kind of being more comfortable. And I don't know if I want to see an NFL or Patrick Mahomes is more comfortable. How can you get better? <laughs> right. so, um, but I, I, I would point this out. Um, although the numbers do look big for the next four years, um, he's only, well, only, uh, he's going to make <laughs> 103.53 million. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is making 118 over the next four years. So, uh, for the next four years wise, this is, is pretty affordable. Uh, if, if you look at other quarterbacks around the league. Now, one person I would um, say is keeping an eye on this one is definitely Dak Prescott. Uh, I know he's wanting probably a billion now after this Patrick Mahomes deal, but we'll, we'll see on uh, what that contract looks like. I don't think he should get anywhere near uh, what Patrick Mahomes gets. I think more of the Ryan Tannehill type deal is what Patty uh, Dak Prescott should get, but he probably wants more than that. So, but a fun deal. Uh, the, the numbers are always fun to see that on Twitter. But um, as as Gabe said, the rich get richer, and uh, us Titans fans, we cry into more probably playoff losses. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say off of it. Hopefully, but one thing. Oh, one thing I will say: it goes in the Chiefs' favor because the CBA and the TV deals are going to slowly increase. So that salary cap, there's going to be a lot of room after these next two years that the salary cap is going to increase each and every year. So they can pay him that $40 million and continue to pay everybody else, which is going to be scary. Deshaun Watson might be the next one up. We're going to get a oh, lot gosh. of money. That's, that's somebody you have to watch out for. Yeah, that, that'll it. be the next person. One thing I did think that uh, Patrick – could have done and it was mentioned a little bit on Twitter that it wasn't going to be a set amount it possibly could have been just as the salary cap moves up uh, each every uh, like 22 percent was was the number thrown around every every salary cap Patrick Mahomes that's what he gets every year so I think that is going to be something we're going to start seeing maybe in the near future that it isn't going to be a set number. It's just going to be, I want to get paid how the salary cap moves. And I think that's wow. going to be a smart move for some of these athletes like Patrick Mahomes. But I think he's set because uh, I saw at the end of this 10 year, he'll end up being like 34 uh, or something like that. So this probably is going to be his last uh, big contract, I would say. And he can just take those one, one year deals automatically full of like a Drew Brees. Get those one-year deals, twenty-five to thirty million. You, you've already, you've already got your forty-five million plus in, in, in the middle of your prime. So he's gonna be getting money, no doubt, throughout it. Oh, bro, you can be sitting pretty. You literally could play for a dollar. Go get me some receivers. Shout out to soccer. We got the bubble going. Young Patton, talk yep. to me about uh, MLS. What is going on in soccer, dude? Well, uh, we actually had our first MLS match tonight. Uh, we had the Orlando uh, 
FC taking on the Miami, Inter-Miami. So that was the first match, but it has not been smooth sailing, uh, unlike what you see in Europe. I mean, they pretty much knocked it out out of the park. Granted, our uh, coronavirus cases are going up rapidly, and theirs are going down substantially. So that could be a, a bigger reason why, but the bubble is not working. Uh, I don't know what the mix-up was, but just for an example, uh, for Nashville SC, uh, as I uh, currently am in Nashville, not Juliet, however you want to say, um, they were training in Nashville. Uh, Nashville SC was for all of their training camp. They didn't go to Orlando until about three or four days ago. And they had a bit of a mix-up to where they weren't sure whether to go because they were supposed to get their coronavirus test back before they leave, before they left. But um, they ended up leaving because the MLS told them to leave. Now um, they have since gone to the bubble and four of them or five of them have it and four, uh, four of the players' tests have come back inconclusive. So they're waiting on their second test. So it's just been a bit, of, a bit of a nightmare and you can't really throw it all on National FC because there are other teams, for example, uh, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Dallas FC is also another one who's had um, some troubles um, in the coronavirus test. They've actually already been kicked out of the tournament. So oh. The, yeah. They will not be playing in the bubble, so uh, a group will end up only having, I think, three or four teams now that one has already been kicked out. So, But uh, National SC was supposed to play tonight against the Chicago Fire. It has been postponed. So um, here in the Cook household, we're, we're fingers crossing that they'll actually be able to play, but I don't like their chances because if the four inconclusive tests come back positive, that's that, that, that's half your team gone and you won't have subs. So, I mean, I just don't see a way that if those four come back positive, the old uh, National SC, the boys in gold, will get to finish out their inaugural season in, in a truly uh, horrific way, I'd, I'd say. Because I know uh, I have looked into it. The FC Dallas has 10 players that tested positive and a coach. Oh. So, yeah, the MLS immediately – kick them out there they wouldn't take no chances and then for nashville their game today got postponed indefinitely so that's not even saying that it's going to be next week or whatnot like toronto toronto uh fc was supposed to open up against dc united got pushed back that's going to be supposed to be pushed back to three to four days but it's not even a for sure on that seems like one thing I did notice that all the clubs, they weren't particularly quarantining their players during their training camps. No. So now that they have this testing and whatnot, it take, it's taking a week to go out and see, okay, are they positive, are they negative? About time that week is up, they're supposed to be already playing games. And yeah, the, the I, safety I, protocols is in jeopardy and to the point where if they're already playing, if you're supposed to be out playing a game today, we don't know if you're negative or positive, and they and you and the MLS almost seems like force them to play, that that can cause an outbreak there, and that's something that the MLS doesn't need. Yeah, and and the tests are giving. I know for a fact that the UFC test it takes two days to get their results back. So I don't know what kind of tests the MLS are doing right now, but really it kind of just shows how. This is why I think the NFL will end up being played is because they have they're they going to know how to nail down a system. They're going to get advice from Dana White and also from uh, many other sports in Europe on how they've been doing it because they haven't had the issues that we've had it's just in terms of getting tests back quickly and getting teams in quarantine. But I know for a fact that National SC players were going out um, going out to restaurants. I, I, I follow a few of them on on Instagram, and I know for a fact that multiple multiple of them they weren't in 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 the in quarantining as as marcus said and that's just the worry you're going to have for teams in la and in new york they're basically still in shutdown right now and mm -hmm. and for teams in texas and in tennessee it's a whole different situation you're you're able to go pretty much wherever you'd like uh, so i think this is just bound to happen and it's kind of a an unfortunate thing because i was really hoping we could uh get the mls back but I, one thing i would like to point out 
soccer gets a bad rap about being a kind of a, a weak sport. And I would just say we're the first sport to get back. We're not scared of this virus, however stupid we may be. We're not scared of it just yet. But uh, he's talking um, UK. That, that, that's my point. <laughs> Y'all ever UK. think? <laughs> nah, I don't talk about this soft. Them probably got the most concussions. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But um, um, do you think that there is any type of reality where a player maybe tests positive and then goes in, I guess, goes into like maybe a week's quarantine and then just comes back? Because maybe, I mean, obviously it wouldn't be ran through his system yet. Yeah. But if he seems fine, do you think there's a chance that they will let him come back? Well, they've kind of shown that with uh, with golf, um, that where if a, a caddy or, or a player tests positive and they get a – because some, some of these tests are going to end up being false positives, and that, right. that's just kind of a, a unfortunate thing about it. None of these tests are going to be 100%. So that's why at the USC they're taking two or three tests in a day to make sure that if, if one comes back positive but the other two come back negative, then uh, you, you kind of know which result to take. But – I think if you get more than one positive test, it's, you're going to be hard-pressed to uh, let the other players know that, hey, this guy just tested positive and he's out here running around. Uh, I just I don't think they would um, think, be up for it. And, and I don't think the player would be up for it either if, if he tested positive. I think the players wouldn't be up for it. I think you wouldn't want the media to come out and find right. that out. That's a, that's a lot of backlash towards that your team – if you come out and say, "Oh yeah, he tested positive," but just two days ago, he was he had an assist out for this goal, or he was playing goalie, or he was playing a defender. You you wouldn't want that's a bad that's a bad route to take. Right. One thing I do want to say too is that the MLS isn't the only team that's waiting. It takes about a week for them to get their results back. The MLB is having that problem as well as they're trying to do all their stuff out in Arizona. So. It's, it's weird on how the NBA getting their tests back. They're, they're getting tested every two days and can get their results quick, but these other sports can't. I think it's just the more expensive the test. I, and I think where the MLS is, they don't have the capital that the, the, that the NBA and also the UFC and also the NFL will end up having. So I think – but I'm a little bit surprised with the MLB because – with the amount of revenue they should have right now, even though they're not going to have fans there, but um, they're, they're just going to kind of have to work through it. And it's not going to be a bulletproof system. And like I said earlier in, in the pod, players are going to test positive and mm. that's just going to be the reality. And, and they're just going to have to move on from it, uh, isolate them for 14 days or just automatically send them home. I think that's what they will end up doing in the NBA is just sending them uh, away from the bubble. Now I got a question for you, Patton. Do you think they should merge both groups or just keep it separate? Because there's six groups in Group A, but only now three teams in Group B. Yeah. So should they merge them together? But but the reason why it's two different groups is because of the Western Conference and because of the Eastern right. Conference. I, I think it'd just be better if you kind of leave it as it is. Uh, it's um, it's kind of not a, a not a great system to be in, but it is what it is at this point. You're just gonna have to work through it. You've had teams not follow the the directions that other teams have and that's just kind of have to be the punishment that you're not going to get to play in this and you're not going to get the revenue from it so um it's an unfortunate event but it kind of also shows it shows the nfl that if you're not if you don't kind of work through these things that that there is going to be holes and there are going to be positive tests one thing uh the tournament round of 16 is supposed to start the 25th through the 28th could be potentially pushed back if any if if that bubble starts going haywire and the outbreak happens. But if the knockout stage to the final is supposed to end at August 11. Hopefully everything goes well with MLS because MLS is not one of the top sports in America, but hopefully it can get a lot of viewership now that this pandemic is going on. So we want to just hope for the best with the MLS and move them moving forward. It's it's a big opportunity for them, and it's the same sort of thing. That's why I think baseball really miss, missed the mark here. They, they could have been the only sport to come back, and it really could have revitalized some interest because I don't know about you, uh, you two guys, but 
I really don't care about the MLB mainly because there isn't a team really around me. And also the games are four hours long and I, I just not, not a big fan of that. So, but they had a chance to do that instead the players and owners wanted to be a little bit selfish. You got to chop on, okay? Chop on with the Braves. But one thing I do want to point out, because every with all the testing and whatnot, is the WNBA and the living conditions that they have been in for the bubble. They just went into the bubble. They're currently at IMG Academy in Florida. And the living conditions isn't, isn't the best. Just going to Pointed out there, uh, and it's not even just the the lower tier players that's going through this. This is the Hall of Famers. These are the superstars of the league that have to have these rooms. Now the hotel rooms, they look they look well. That's that's for like the pictures and showing that oh yeah, they're going to look decent. But everything else behind the scenes, it hasn't looked the look the best. Aja Wilson had a video showing filthy floor and mousetraps in her laundry room. Donna Hawkins from the Washington Mystics. She had a tub that didn't drain. Brianna Stewart had had said that there was bug traps between the mattress and the box spring. Like it, this this is what the stars of their of the WNBA is supposed to go through. For another two to three months, it, it, it's, yeah. it's not right. Yeah, if you didn't know, there was a there's a clear gap in pay and also in living conditions just all around. I think we're getting a pretty good look at it. But um, granted, the WNBA doesn't make as much as the NBA does, obviously. So, but still, I, I don't think these are uh, quality conditions for professional athletes that you want them to be at their best at and can you really expect them to be at their best in these games when they're basically living in a uh, in blunt hole I mean uh, I think you guys know where <laughs> oh, that man. is I mean it's not even castle not even castle heights we're not living in castle heights but uh jokes aside I mean it's not a great look for the WNBA and not a great look for uh the just you got to check I mean surely you know these athletes are going to look around and see now, is there a mousetrap here? Should we really leave the mousetrap here? I just, I don't, uh, it doesn't make, make much sense to me, but not a great look. And uh, although I, th- I, I'm, I do believe I'm not mistaken here that the NBA is really the lead owner in, of the WNBA. They pay for the majority of it. So I just don't see how they couldn't have kind of added on a little bit more extra to at least give them some suitable uh, living conditions that, most people would scoff at not not just professional athletes, millionaires. That's exactly what I was about to say, Patton. The NBA subsidizes the WNBA, and if that's the case, do right by them. I get the um, pay gap, which I'm not saying that it should be there. I know that they don't bring in enough money, but one thing that Marcus always says. Um, they there are not marketed. They're not marketed on ESPN. They don't get the eyes for anything matter of fact i almost never know when the wnba finals are yeah i never know about the wnba until the finals and be like game three it's like game three of the wnba finals i'm like holy snap the finals are (laughs) happening i didn't even know about the season but and and the thing and also the wnba finals sometimes don't even be on espn it'll be on espn too it's not even on the main (laughs) man it's it's nuts but like yeah as i was saying if you're going to subsidize them, do right by them. Don't subjugate them to these types of the living conditions. This, it's not even motel conditions. You got, uh, you got rats <laughs> around. It, it's, it's not the best. And some, some superstars like John Morant, Damian Lillard, who just got on the cover of 2K21. Shout out to Damian Lillard on that. Video game, Dame, baby. Video game, Dame is the – but they coming out to realizing – they they were wishing that it, it it was it wasn't true. Damon Lillard tweeted out, "I hope that is, that's not that's not true." And we got WNBA players coming underneath it. Yeah, that, hey, this this is how we this is how we supposed to deal with it for the next two months. And the NBA, I understand you are trying to really push hard for your own league, but also you gotta you gotta look at the WNBA. You gotta disperse something because if you 
if it's just like where the IMG Academy just literally just left and you really didn't do anything outside of that, it's not a good look for you NBA at all. It's, you got to make sure that both sides are happy and both sides are fulfilled because if everything works out, there's more money coming into your pocket. I, and, and I also would say it just, to me, if, if I was one of these players, it doesn't make sense for me to really just throw away two months of my life that I'm not going to get paid adequately for, because I think, I don't think they're getting the same amount of uh, of money they would get if it were in front of fans in arenas. So you're going to put me in some bogus room and board and I'm not going to get paid the same. I, now I, I would completely understand if we see more of these players just all out leave the bubble and say, yeah, to heck with this. Just know that Patty Mills is going to make a million dollars through eight games. Yeah. Just wonder how many people make that for an entire year in WNBA. You'll be surprised. You can look it up. Like three. <laughs> <laughs> you can look yeah. it up. And you know, the listeners, you should, you should look it up, the WNBA salary. We're going to move forward and change it a little bit. I know on the last podcast, we brought a little bit of politics into our last part. It was a, it was some questionable things that happened on um, these next two topics, but I'm going to let Gabe start off with the, one of the receivers for the Philadelphia Eagles, Deshaun Jackson. Go, go, go ahead and take it away, Gabe. Well, I will say this. Uh, in the last pile, we were talking about quarterback contracts, and you said Deshaun Watson. I was thinking about Deshaun Jackson because you said think about, like, the next person. <laughs> I was thinking about Deshaun Jackson going to Kansas City. That's why I made that face. I was like, gosh, please, not, a, not another one. <laughs> no, no more speed. No more speed. But um, Deshaun Jackson, yeah, he ran fast into a brick wall pretty much on social media. Um, he posted two posts, one – um, well, both posts were a quote that allegedly were attributed to Adolf Hitler comes to find out that that is actually not the case. So Deshaun posted some anti-Semitic and uh, questionable comments quoting like one of the worst dictators in history in recorded history, at least. And, uh, uh, one one of the things it had this to say. It said, this will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they are. That was the quote that he posted secondly to more zoom in on what he was talking about. But everything else before was completely horrible, completely like anti-Semitic, terrible. Um so wasn't, wasn't the the first post more about Farrakhan? The yeah, he did uh, talk about Luis Farrakhan, who is an inflammatory individual on his own in his own regard, as he has said that um, black people are the real children of Israel. Uh, that's also what this quote said that Hitler was talking about that Jews did not like. Uh, I don't know, like black people or something. But regardless, he should not yeah, have it's, it's, posted that those words like that they weren't they weren't positive in any way. The I guess the most benefit of the doubt that I could say, uh, particularly about the repost, is just saying at the end, if Negroes know who they are, literally just those four five words. If people, if you just say if people, whoever. If you believe in yourself, you know who you are, you can do great things. But, yeah, it's messed up situation. Patton? Yeah, um, my first comment on this is this should be a lesson to just about everyone. Anytime you're quoting a, a people, um, let's not quote Adolf Hitler. Uh, I don't think he is the <laughs> right. one you should be even, trying to. I would say, Patton, even if it's a fake quote, but it's right. a, a quote by Hitler in general might not be the best route to go unless you want to unless you're trying to have a manifesto or want to be a dictator in a in a foreign country then then that might be the route you want to go but if if you're wanting to have a democracy and want equality hitler might not be the best route 
Yeah, if you're using the quote to kind of further your opinion, uh, to kind of play off of what he's saying, I, I just don't get uh, why Deshaun would say that. And I do think this does point out one big thing is um, I myself, I, I don't know a lot about the uh, how anti, anti-Semitic, how, how, person, how a person could be that, like uh, saying stuff could turn into being anti-Semitic. Just as a, as a Christian myself, I, I don't know a lot about the Jewish religion, but this has really a big, uh, been a big eye-opener f- for me to kind of look further into that and why people are anti-Semitic and how it can turn into that without uh, being that on purpose. So I think this has been a big eye-opener for Deshaun Jackson. I think he'd be the first one to say that. Now, for Steven Jackson, I mean, he, he's really uh, a person who's come out and really defended uh, Deshaun Jackson and has even come out today and doubled down, saying he shouldn't have apologized. I don't see why he would apologize. And this is a guy in, in Steven Jackson I, I I had a lot of respect for. He I thought he's handled uh, the passing of his really good friend, uh, George Floyd, and he's really kind of led the movement uh, in George Floyd's name. And I thought he's been a really, really great spokesperson for the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and for the, the police reform that he's been advocating. To me, I don't think this has completely destroyed what he has said before, but I think it has greatly hindered. It's, it's hard to take uh, what he says in the past now because you kind of just look at what he's saying and a lot of hate, a lot of hate is coming out of, I believe, what he is saying in terms of what the, uh, the Jewish community and also what Deshaun Jackson has said. It's a lot of hate, and I think this whole movement should be no hate towards anyone. Uh, and I think that's been my big thing. And um, so, yeah. I, I think it causes a, a big detour in, in the movement is after you come out and say something like after you defended saying he shouldn't apologize or whatnot, even though you you attacking a community like it's it's not all the way hypocrisy but it's yeah. it's just like you get what i'm saying it's somewhat hypocrisy because you don't want it happening to you but you would just go out and spite it towards another community that's why i think it, you can't you can't go out and say something like that even pr people tell you for the longest you, a lot of, if you have a lot of followers you gotta watch out what you say you gotta be conscious of the audience that you have because it's not going to be just one specific group it's going to branch out Deshaun jackson has millions of followers he's a very known athlete he's a very known football player see some people like him for his fashion he's had multiple contracts with different teams he has a lot of friends it's a lot of interactions with a lot of people and to come out and say something like that and even the nfl the nfl not only the eagles the nfl who is like you can't you can't come out and say something like this it should be an eye-opener not only for just him the team but even for younger people social media you gotta watch out for things that you say it could potentially hurt your future that's something words nowadays those words cut deep. Those words will cut deep on a social media post. You don't even have to voice your voice it. You don't have to look through the camera and say it. You can tweet out something. You can post something on Snapchat. You can post something on Instagram. Those those can propel out very quickly and can backfire on and I also don't think that this uh, should turn into a, a, a cancel of Deshaun Jackson by any means, because I think one big thing that this whole kind of thing is uh, this whole Black Lives Matter movement and also now with Deshaun Jackson, I think there's just been a big enlightenment on people. And I think conversation and talking is only the way we can get through this. Yeah. So I think in destroying people for for talking and also saying stuff, I think this could be end up being a big mistake because people like Deshaun Jackson, he's going to be afraid to talk about anything now. Uh, and I think that True is enough. something we should also mention. So I think we need to find that fine line to where Deshaun knows, uh, let's not make any more uh, Hitler quotes or anything like that, but let's also not cancel him or uh, cancel other people because that really just ends any discussion we were going to have before. And really that puts even more hate into probably someone's heart, I would say. Cancel, I will say cancel before I let you go. Yeah, hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Cancel culture has been at an all-time high in 2020. Everybody's been wanting to cancel 
anybody with a snap of a finger as well. It's <clears throat> it, it's gotten crazy. I will say that. But go ahead, Gabe. Well, uh, speaking of like cancel culture, um, canceling people should be allowed to say what they want. People should be allowed to say how they feel, what's on their mind, and if you if they're not allowed to say that. One, as Patton said, it does bring up resentment, especially in the hearts of possibly that person, one, and possibly people that agree with that person because they're like, oh, you're going to cancel our guy, and that's actually what we agree with him. And also, if they don't get that out there, how can they be educated about it? Absolutely. Bree said some – well, he said some words where we knew that he really didn't get what was going on. Mm-hmm. but he actually had conversations with his teammates. He saw how his comments hurt his teammates. And, you know, now he feels differently about the situation. He's educated. Deshaun did make a, a foolish mistake of one, not checking, <laughs> checking the references to make sure it's an actual That's quote, it. but also quoting such an inflammatory person. I don't believe someone should get canceled just because they said something, as we just said. But, um, yeah. Oh, also, cancel culture, it doesn't work unless it's, like, somebody that you can actually cancel. Deshaun Jackson is getting paid by the Eagles. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he's can't not a person them. online where you can just, like, not, like, not follow them and just make them disappear. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> unless the Eagles just, I don't know, or cut him. Unless actually, they cut the Eagles, him. Guess the what? Eagles, we'll pick Eagles. him up. <laughs> Come to the pad, bro, please. You know the Chiefs will. I'll tell you, I mean, they'll pick them up. Man. The Eagles are investigating the situation so that that might lead to further punishment, might be suspension, might be termination. We don't know as of just yet because this was just recent. Yeah. But, Sean, we understand you want to voice your opinion. Just be yeah, careful. About yeah, yeah, you got, <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful with what you say. And that, that goes, like I said, that goes for anybody, not mm-hmm. not just Deshaun Jackson. That can go for the top man who you might think the most powerful is, to just a regular Joe Blow on the street. Except for Donald Trump, it doesn't. Apparently, it does not matter what he says. Yeah, POTUS. <laughs> well, um, That's- that was. You, you did a, a segue. little segue. That was a segue there, Gabe. Uh, that was going to be the next topic. And with Donald Trump on his regard, but also just the Bubba Wallace situation as a whole. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to let Patton go because yeah. I know he wanted to leave this topic. So go right ahead. Man. Yeah. Uh, first, I wanted to say whenever we first started this podcast, I would have put a million dollars. We would never talk about NASCAR, but here, here, <laughs> here, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Um, as as Marcus mentioned, uh, really the the driver uh, that we're going to be talking about, and probably the only time we're ever going to talk about NASCAR is going to be because of Bubba Wallace. Just because I'm not a big fan of the sport, uh, I I can't really get into it, but. Uh, when issues and topics come up like this, I mean, you really have to because uh, it's sports related and it's really more than sports at this point. Uh, of course, he um, was really, I, th- I believe he's the only uh, black NASCAR driver um, in, in the circuit right now. And uh, he's really gained a lot of traction from not only his uh, community in the, in, in the NASCAR world, but really in the sports world. I, I saw numerous tweets from LeBron and also even, uh, other sports in the NFL, Deshaun Watson, I believe, sent out a tweet. And also uh, there was a, a player who actually went to one of the races, Alvin Kamara, I believe, yeah, he ended up going to one of the races. Um, so he's really gaining traction, and he's a, a really good racer just from the looks of it. hasn't won a NASCAR race yet, but uh, he's looking to claim that first one. But the major controversy was that he came into his uh, – had, had a, went into his garage and – his well, he actually didn't. His team uh, ended up finding what they thought was a noose, and as the pictures come out, it does look like a noose. To be fair, to, to I mean, them. it uh, was a noose. Maybe just nobody yeah. was planning on getting hung with it. Right, uh, absolutely. And 
it was in uh, the, the garage door pulled down and this was it looked like in the in the photos it has been left for over, numerous years not just this year but uh, years past in that same garage stall um, so it kind of really blew up the whole sports world um, and really you have to give it you have to give um, you have to understand where Bubba's coming from at this point he has been getting a lot of hate from a lot of people because of they didn't like how he was getting the spotlight um, from other drivers and he, his team and himself they kind of took the conclusion that this is clearly a sign of a hate crime this is someone wanting to scare me and possibly wanting to harm me in more than just emotional ways and as it come out that this, this wasn't left for him specifically but this really kind of blew up into uh, the, the the world of the president, and that's Twitter. Because let's be honest, that's mostly what he does these days is on the is on the Twitter world. And President Trump sent out a tweet that um, just didn't make a lot of sense, didn't have a lot of facts in it, really. But really, that's his play. That's how he gets his votes. That's how he uh, shakes up the world. That's how he gets his his uh, supporters going. Is just kind of riling up Twitter and letting people talk about him. And that's really how he's. Uh, won the presidency and just a really a crazy situation that you wouldn't expect from but um yeah uh, yeah i want to say that bubba wallace has been very courageous throughout all of this he's never went tried to go below the belt he's always been the most he's courageous brave all, all the words in the book to stand up for himself was in something that isn't really common for the African-American race. He's the only one right now. And then to where, to the point where once they took down the Confederate flag, he's, he's seen a lot. It was a lot coming towards him. We haven't even drivers quitting just because the flag didn't, wasn't up. But, and then the news happened. <laughs> <laughs> Then the FBI came in with the, and seen the garage pool, but that looked like a news end. It was it was good that a mechanic came and saw it and spoke up. That's one thing I will say and commend to it that he didn't have to go to his garage and be the first person to see it. Yep. Somebody recognized that yo that this doesn't look right. Let me go tell somebody. Let me stop all this because we don't we don't need this. And then the FBI came in, decided that this wasn't a hate crime. This was just out of the ordinary because it's been there since I think they said was it October, October, yeah, or like October twenty nineteen or something. Yeah. So that it's been there, but they wanted to make sure that it wasn't a hate crime. And then they also dropped the picture. They uploaded yep. the picture to say that, okay, just to show y'all that this wasn't fake. Like this this was a serious matter. Here it goes, which actually did look like one. Cool. And then 45 comes, does what he likes to do. Yeah, saying someone should apologize for something that they literally didn't say, because Bubba did not find it himself, nor did he ever say it was a noose. So saying that he should apologize to all the NASCAR drivers and officials that came to his aid. These, these are, by the way, I'm reading the tweet, so let's quote it. Um, yeah, uh, saying that he should apologize to all the NASCAR drivers, officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out the whole thing was just another hoax. That, that and the flag decision has caused the lowest ratings ever. Number one, the ratings actually spiked. Number two, it wasn't a hoax. It was an investigation done that was found that it was not a noose. Yeah. Nor did he say any of those things. And that is absolutely what they should have done. They should have stood in solidarity with their brother in, in driving, I guess. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. Their competition, but you know, whenever you're in competition with someone against you're at the top level, of what you do, you have a different kind of connection than a regular Joe Blow. And I'm happy that NASCAR did what they did, handle it how they did handle it. And I know in that race, uh, it was a pretty profound when they all came solidarity together and pushed uh, Bubba Wallace's car to the front. 
that was actually uh, his best finish. He finished 13th. That was a pretty nice uh, way, even though he hasn't won one yet. Still, that race there, I, I think that gave him a lot of confidence, and it was a confidence yeah. booster for him moving forward, seeing that he has the support. Because when somebody like that, sometimes it gets hard when you're the only guy there, mm-hmm. and you don't feel that support from everybody. It, it can get tough at times. So now that he sees that it's not only from him within the sport, across the globe, I think it, it, it will boost him up to where he can feel better about himself and moving forward, not attacking people, but keep going in the same route that he's going. And I think it was vital for, for NASCAR to make the uh, kind of uh, announcement that they did, because I think they would be the first to say they desperately want more diversity in their sport. And if they didn't come out and attack this uh, like they did, I think this would um, give a lot of people in, in in positions like Bubba Wallace maybe 10, 15 years ago. Why bother going into a sport that clearly doesn't uh, value me, uh, my safety and, and my uh, my feelings and how I feel? So I think this is vital for them, and I think they come out on, on a good look, and I think it's great that this wasn't uh, a hate crime d- directed at, at, a, mm-hmm. at Bubba Wallace, but I think I think there needs to be some uh, some questions why uh, a garage a garage pole looks like that, and I think we need to not have that look like that anymore mm-hmm. because it can it really can cause a firestorm like it ended up doing. But thankfully, it wasn't directed at at, at Bubba. Indeed, we want to send all positivity and love to each and everybody, no matter the race, yeah. no matter ethnicity, no matter the color. But that is all that we have here on tonight it is july 8th it is really july of 2020 we've already been halfway through the year oh let's see what the rest of your guy coming baby i'm ready <laughs> we, he, on the got floor the, here in a month or two <laughs> he got the dukes up like this is round seven out of 12. man <laughs> we midway through it this year even though it's been a roller coaster we hope that everybody's going to continue to stay safe and just try to enjoy each and every day like it's your life. That's one thing I will end on tonight. But my name is Marcus Modi. That is Gabe Jones and Patton Cook. This is Just Talking Sports. And we will say peace out to you. Peace. Deuces.